Praise the Lord. I want us to lift up our voices and begin to pray to the Lord for his uh, presence, for him to join us. Amen. So whatever we're doing, let us um, give full attention. Um, Let us give our undivided attention to the Lord during this time. Father, we just thank you, God, right now in Jesus' name. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your presence. We thank you, Lord, that your promise is that if we draw near to you, you will draw near to us. Thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. Thank you for your fidelity. Thank you for your willingness to join with us, to to draw near us. Lord, your word says that you will tabernacle amongst us. Your word says in Revelation that, that your dwelling is with men. Your word says in Exodus that your dwelling will be with men. And Father, we know that you dwell in the midst of us. Your word says that we are now the temple of God and the spirit of Christ dwells in our midst. And so, Father, we thank you that we're not serving a dead God. We're not serving a, 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 a God that cannot hear, a God that cannot, cannot see, a God that cannot uh, uh, respond and intervene. But, oh, Lord, that you are real and you're omnipotent and you care, Lord. You, you draw nigh unto your people. So, Father, in this moment, I ask, Lord, that our hearts that are dejected would lift up with a sounding praise, Lord, with, with a triumphant victory, Lord. Father, lift us up from the dunghill and make us princes unto God. And so, Father, may your spirit energize us. May your spirit empower us. May your spirit, God, begin to speak to us. May your spirit, Lord, convict us. May your spirit, God, begin to give us direction and give us insight. Give us open doors and close every door that is is from the enemy. Close every door, O Lord, that is from the wicked one. Close, O God, I pray in Jesus' name, every ungodly relationship, every relationship that will lead us away from the destiny that is in Christ. Father, may your plans be fulfilled. May your will come to pass. Father, I pray against all witchcraft that would seek to control and blind us, Lord, to your will, to seek to uh, uh, de- uh, seek for our demise, O oh Lord. <clears throat> Father, may it be broken, and may the anointing, O oh God, break every yoke. May your anointing, O oh Lord, hallelujah, give us revelation. Lord, we know that the enemy just wants to, to deject us and cause us to despair. But may we rise up, Lord, with hope. May we rise up with faith and give us, O Lord, a second wind. Your word says that even young men, they grow weary and they become faint of heart. But those who wait upon you, they shall renew their strength. So God, we ask, renew our strength. Renew, O Lord, our hope. Renew our vision. Renew, O Lord, our liveliness and our vitality and our vigor. Hallelujah. May your fire descend upon the altar of our hearts, O God, in Jesus' name. And burn up all the dross. Burn up all the lies. Burn up all the unbelief. O Lord. Come in power. Come in glory. 
Come and anoint him. Clothe us, O Lord, with your glory. Clothe us, O Lord, like the apostles experienced on Mount Transfiguration, where you were transfigured, and the brightness of your countenance increased, O Lord. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Make your presence known. Make your presence obvious and evident amongst us. Hallelujah. Lord, we're tired. We need a fresh touch. We need, O oh Lord, from your hand. Grant, O oh Lord, grant, grant these prayers, I pray. May they ascend before your throne as incense. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. May rivers of living water begin to well up in our bellies, Lord. Rivers of living water. <coughs> hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <coughs> I hope, um, I hope that since you're joining, um, and your, your partnership <coughs> and connection, um, to this fellowship that you have learned to pray, that you have learned to, <clears throat> excuse me, that you have learned to get a hold of God, that you have learned to uh, enter into his presence, that you have learned to contend and to wrestle in prayer, that you have uh, learned to persist. Amen. Um. That that is one of my contributions to the body of Christ, and uh, so you hear it often, and you hear it emphasized. <clears throat> it's because it's it's the anchor, it's the uh, <coughs> it's it's what's necessary for us to survive as believers. It's necessary for us to uh, fulfill the will of God for our lives. Uh, Jesus didn't say um, that if you seek to do his will, just walk into it. He didn't say that. He said to pray for it, right? In Matthew 7 and Luke 11. Uh, May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The problem is that we often assume the will of God for our lives when we don't inquire what in fact is the will of God for our lives. Just because you do it, quote, for God, don't mean that God endorsed it, that God is approving of it, that God gave you the green light. And if God did even tell you that there's a green light and that um, <clears throat> that he's giving you Isaac, you can try to prematurely birth the purpose of God in your life and as a result, give birth to an Ishmael. Is that right? So just because you have God's promise on it that something will happen for you doesn't mean that it's the correct timing. Amen, somebody. <clears throat> don't don't walk into the will of God prematurely because it's as good as not walking into the will of God at all. It's as good as, as uh, hanging on to the promise of the devil. Hanging on to the promise of God and trying to execute it when uh, before God said is disobedience. Is that understood? It's 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 doubting. It's unbelief, and so we have to 
um, take heed to what God says and when he says it. <clears throat> Amen, somebody. Y'all following? I, I know that we, I know a lot of times we don't like this, right? Because that means that we have to increase our faith and, and not doubt the Lord. Because I'll tell you what happens is when God gives you a promise, everything but the voice of God comes in and starts telling you why it cannot happen. Why it cannot be fulfilled. Is that right? <clears throat> Amen. And to, Amen. To, to the rest of us, um, those that are silent. Amen. So, <clears throat> um, we, we, we need to be careful. <clears throat> we need to be careful to not um, do other than what the Lord says. Because the, 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 the prosperity of our lives cannot be built upon anything else other than what God has said, right? And so if we call ourselves Christians, and Christians are followers of Christ, then we need to be cognizant and aware of what Christ himself said, right? You, it's, it's not enough to assume what he said. There's a lot of people... <laughs> <laughs> you know, Brother Malachi posted something in Instagram. I tell you, man, the one thing I don't like about charismatics is they're often so loony. They're saying, I hear God saying, Brrr. <laughs> and that, that's not even an intelligible statement. How, how is God saying that? Right? Amen. Amen. <laughs> it, it, it's, 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 and you can tell even in that circle, a lot of people didn't even want to say it. He said, I want everybody saying it. This is a prophetic act. And I'm like, no, it's not. It, what, what happens is that we have, we, even before we come to Christ, we have pretty loony characters. Uh, we have a loony character. And, and what we do is we, we come to Christ and we try to synthesize ourselves with God. And when we see things, when we, we feel things from our soul, right? And you feel them very much so. I feel this way. I feel that way. I feel it in my soul. And, and your soul isn't the Holy Spirit. And just because you're emo you're more emotion you have a more of an emotional temperament than the next man doesn't mean that God is moving upon you uh uh, uh to say a particular thing. You know, I was <clears throat> speaking with someone last night, um and oh sister uh Natalia and we were meeting with her and um I don't know if you remember this, sis, but I was saying that um one of the ways that one of the ways you know God is speaking to you is when you don't want to do something, <clears throat> you know, because we're talking about how, you know, a lot of times, you know, people have zeal to, to talk about the Lord and, 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 um, hold on. 
uh, we we have zeal to talk about the Lord and we get excited to talk about his word, especially when people are new in the faith. Let's say someone's called to the ministry and they're like, hey, you know, you have an opportunity to be preached behind the pulpit or something. Then people get excited. Well, sometimes people get nervous and um, but especially young preachers that are confident, they they're they're really excited about stuff like that. But uh, <clears throat> I was saying how, um, you know, after a while, you know, there's 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 not very much new that you experience, and even when it comes to talking about God, you have your times where you you're not excited. You don't even want to talk to anybody. You just want to go rest. You just want to go go eat. You just want to go get coffee. You just want to go whatever it is that you decide to do, right? <clears throat> but, you know, there's been times where, for example, I'm speaking with a stranger, just maybe I'm I'm at school or I'm at work or wherever I'm at and uh, <clears throat> I'm tired. I don't even want to talk to them and I'm about to cut the conversation short and, uh, and the Holy Ghost says, uh, you know, tell them this, that, or the other. Tell them this happened in their life, or I see a vision of them. I'm like, oh, I don't want to, Lord. <laughs> and you would think like, oh man, I'll, I'll praise God, I just got a word for this person. This is so amazing, exciting. But you know, there's times, and so in other words, <clears throat> especially when I know I don't want to speak to them, and I feel the tug to, I know God is saying something. But the problem with soulish charismatics, or really anybody, is they want God to say something. And so their soul gets involved, right? They want God to do something or say something, and their soul gets involved, and they want it so bad to their force hearing it. They're, they're forcing themselves to hear hear something and they've convinced themselves that it's God because they can't wait on God or they don't like God's answers. And so what happens is, um, I don't like the scriptures. I don't like what the, what the Lord has to say in here. So instead I'm going to say, God said, Brrr. <laughs> right? Like in the video. Oh man. It profits nobody. Does that make sense? You guys need to see that video in uh in Instagram. I, I don't know what it's called, but um and they said everybody else had to do it for a prophetic act. Um, you know, if I was there, I'm like, I ain't doing nothing. That's <laughs> I what see, I do see look, when <clears throat> someone speaks by by the spirit and and the unction is on them. I know if God is saying something or if I know if it's just them. Does that make sense? Um, it's kind of, it, it, you know, <clears throat> the times that I've seen demon positions and it's not like the demon is a physical person. Like, hey, demon, I caught you. Now I'm gonna arrest you. Let me fingerprint you and put book you in. And you, you, there's no, you, you're not gonna verify demon possessions that way. You have to be able to perceive spiritually, right? And when demons speak, you know when a demon is speaking, right? <clears throat> um, 
because there's a there's an alternating personality that comes with spiritual force, thrust, and power behind the word spoken. Does that make sense? <clears throat> oh no. And so the the problem is in, in the church, a lot of us are, and when I say us, I'm not talking about us here, but I'm just saying generally <clears throat> in the body of Christ, we have not tuned our ears to hear. We haven't, we haven't washed our eyes to see. And so we hear in all these other voices except God's voice, right? And, and <clears throat> You know, there's there's this phrase that I've learned, and it's called intent is prior to content. Our intentions force, uh, you know, if we are not crucified in a specific area, we have intentions. Whatever our intent is, we'll form content that suits that intent. This is why cessationists, you know, they don't, they're, a lot of them, they're, the keys to my laptop. Oh. <clears throat> a lot of uh, cessationists aren't spiritual because why? There's nowhere in the Bible that says that God is done performing the miraculous. And, and <clears throat> there's nowhere in the Bible that God said that uh, th there's no more apostles, that there's no more prophets. There's nowhere in the scriptures that says any of these things that, you know, that we're not going to cast out demons and all this stuff. There's nowhere in the Bible. And yet, as much as they emphasize sola scriptura, uh, scripture alone, and the scriptures, they come to a false conclusion. Why? It's nowhere in there, not even a hint. And it's because they want the Bible to say something it doesn't. So they bend it to try to get to form this theology, right? <clears throat> and so, so, uh, uh, in, in other words, it's just the devil at play once again. Did God really say? Did God really say that? And then begin to rationalize. Oh, you know what? No, he didn't. And And what happens is they begin to form a theology that is in alignment to the God of their own image. It's just that the, the right it, they they don't like a Jesus that is still miraculous. You know why? Because they're control freaks and they cannot control the miraculous. There's no predictability to it. You can't put it in a test tube. You can't formulate it. You can't say here's the uh, recipe. God is is a spirit. And he is relational. And he moves when he wants to. And when the miraculous comes, it requires for our waiting on him to pray to him. But <clears throat> people don't like, right, think a lot of those cessationists that are intellectual, which I'm not against intellect, and, and they want things that are verifiable and falsifiable by the five senses. And if I cannot touch it, touch it, taste it, handle it, I want nothing to do with it. That's their reasoning. Amen. And because they cannot venture out into the unseen. But well, guess what, boy? We, we, we went into a faith that is not by sight. 
You signed it up. You signed up for it, right? Didn't you? We walk by faith and not by sight. And so, so we have to learn to become blind to the natural. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, not ignorant, right? But blind to it. That at the end of the day, I'm not believing the report of what my eyes see, but the report of what the Lord says. And if God has spoken to you, you're going to come up against a situation that contradicts what God has said. So you're going to either believe what your eyes are seeing, or you're going to believe the God that is able to alter what uh, what reality currently is, so that the th- <coughs> what is the Bible says that God speaks those things into existence that are not as though they are. Amen. So God speaks to you, not in alignment to how the situation is, but in alignment to what it could be. And he calls it, that is not, as though it were. So either you believe your situation as it currently is, or as it ought to be, or what it could be in Christ. Amen. Right? And so... (coughs) God speaks to you as if he don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> right? I, I'm telling you, I, I know God. He speaks to you as if he don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and he speaks to you as if you know what you're talking about. <laughs> right? Oh, come on, somebody. <clears throat> God doesn't speak to you as he speaks to a man. He speaks to you as he speaks to himself. He says, go walk on the water. What do you mean? I'm a man. I can't do that. Feed all these 5,000 people. Uh, did you not see? I have uh, five, you know, seven loaves. <coughs> I, this ain't going to fi- feed 5,000. It is going to take how many days wage to... Right? Pick up your staff and part the sea. All the things that God is asking them to do, only God can do. Have you seen that? Have you noticed that? You know why? Because he wants you to fold. He wants us to recognize that we can't, that those who have began by the spirit are not going to be perfected by the flesh. <clears throat> So we have to relinquish faith in ourselves. We have to abandon all confidence in the flesh. We must. And so God helps us out a little bit and and helps us to realize that there is no possibility to solve this situation unless God comes through. Right? So, (coughs) time and time again, look at what in Gideon's case, right? He says, "Um, yeah, you're not going to take these people with the army you currently have. (coughs) Why? He says, you have too much. You have too many. You have too many people. Get rid of them. You know, um, I I feel... I feel the Lord right now in what I'm about to say. In order for you to increase, you have to decrease. 
In order for your finances to increase, they have to decrease. In order for your, your business to work, it has to decrease before it increases. So sometimes you got to cut out things that you think you need in order for that to prosper. But God is saying, get rid of it. Get rid of Ishmael. Get rid of Hagar. Get rid of the rest of the men that you think you need in order to take this army. I'm going to uh, uh, have you achieve. I'm going to have you succeed. I'm going to have you conquer that enemy with less because less is more. Because when, when, when it comes to pass, God wants everybody to know that it was him and not the strength of your army, not the strength of your wisdom, not the strength of your ability. So that when we begin at the starting place of insufficiency, inability, then God can uh, uh, raise that up unto himself to satisfy his purposes so that he can get the glory. Amen. 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 You know, sometimes the students at work or my staff, the staff, my colleagues and stuff, they ask me, you know, about my past and things like that. And their eyes enlarge when I tell them, yeah, I was, I was expelled out of eight different schools. And I, I was a, I was a troublemaker. Just to be vague, not going into detail. Uh, <clears throat> not just all schools from kinder to high school, but just high schools. Period. And so I I I I don't boast in that. I boast in the Lord because I'm one of the people that is furthest would have been furthest from working in education. Everything about my past disqualifies me. <clears throat> Amen. Mm -hmm. God's going to do it. <laughs> Amen. Touch your neighbor and say, God's going to do it. <laughs> so everything in my past disqualifies me. Right? <clears throat> Why? So because I can't say, look at me. I got. I was the honor roll student. I got all the A's. I went to a private school. I, 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 I. <laughs> you know, so we, we, what, what ends up happening <clears throat> is that people see, uh, it, it ain't him. There's something to it. What, what got you here? God. Amen. Amen. So you may feel, Amen. you know, the devil's whispering you, it's not going to happen. <clears throat> you're, you're, you're not qualified for X, Y, and Z. You're not qualified for this. And you know what? In the natural, you may not be. But God has a way of always picking the least of the people. The, the, when, when, uh, Jesse, the father, hides David, the shepherd boy, because he didn't think he would have been qualified to be king. Right? Because he was born out of fornication. Unlike the rest. <coughs> right? 
So, so you know, your people hide you because they they don't they don't see the plan of God on your life. They don't think that you know God God can use you for a specific thing, and so that you're not even invited to to the uh, what's it called the the interview, if you will. You know, Samuel the prophet came. He's like, okay, yeah, that's not that son isn't going to be king. That son isn't going to be king. That's do you have another son? Because the Lord's telling me that one of your sons is king, and none of them here are king. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I got one. Uh, he's out attending. Uh, he's out picking up the the feces from the sheep. <laughs> he's out cleaning the sheep pen. <laughs> See, you know, God always ends up getting people that are in the least favorable position. Right? Amen. Hallelujah. Right? And and because because God God again to emphasize this wants to communicate to everybody that it wasn't about David. It wasn't about uh, the the might the might of the individual, but rather the might and the grace and the compassion and the provision of God. <clears throat> Amen. <clears throat> and the amazing thing is that Jesus, right? Jesus was born without the help of a man. The virgin birth is indicative that what is impossible with man is possible with God. Amen. Amen. So through the natural order, yes, you need X, Y, and Z. But every now and again, God says, I want to bypass what everybody else says you must do in the way that it must be done, in the way that in fact it has to be done to show you that he is God all by himself. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. God is good. Amen. <coughs> um, <clears throat> let's turn to Romans. <clears throat> Chapter 4. Verse 13, <clears throat> it was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. <clears throat> so first of all, it, you know, Paul is saying that the promise did not come through the law. Now, law is always associated with works, right? What man can do. The righteousness of men, <clears throat> the ability of men. And so, you know, the way of the Spirit isn't by working harder. Nor is it necessarily of even working smarter. You know how there's people out in the world, they say, you know, I believe in working smarter, not harder. And there's wisdom to that. And let me tell you and submit to you that it's neither. <clears throat> It's it's working together with God. 
and allowing God to work on your behalf, right? Because if if you put in what man can do, you'll get out what man can give, right? If you sow naturally, you'll reap naturally. But if you sow spiritually, you reap spiritually. So God wants us to come, right, on his terms and not work for his promises, and this is where a lot of people have to, you know, especially if you're insecure and <clears throat> you feel rejected by the Lord, you always feel like you have to do for him. And obviously, there are good works that we do, but the good works are not for salvation. They're after the fact that we're, we're, we are currently saved. And so we therefore work. <clears throat> we work for him. We do good deeds. We're... we're um, we're so thankful for his grace so that we can now be gracious to others. But be that as it may, um, you know, the and we're the offspring of Abraham. <coughs> we're the children of Abraham, right? <clears throat> by faith. And so we receive promise not by working harder. You know, sometimes people feel like, oh, I got to take an extra. And I'm not saying that there isn't a place. If God told you to do it, or God is giving you liberty to do it, then do it. If taking extra hours, but sometimes that is act. You know, <clears throat> some people say I'm taking extra hours because the Bible says he that you know doesn't take care of his own family is uh, is denied the faith and is worse than worse than an infidel. You know, and what I've learned is sometimes people grab a hold of those scriptures not out of faithfulness to God, but out of unbelief in the promises of God. <clears throat> what really what there's and I'm not there are some people that quote that correctly like hey I do need to work but but there's some people that work themselves to the bone and they end up being squeezed out of any time for God any any anything for the things of God and 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 they take too much right right and they, they say, well, you know, I, I got to provide. When when God is actually testing them <clears throat> to take less hours and allow God to take care of the rest. Amen. I'm not saying this for everybody because some cases, you know, the Lord might have you take overtime. Right. And that's how he's going to provide your needs. But there are some cases where overtime is is an option that is presented to us, but the Lord is saying, no, if you take that over time, you're showing me that you don't believe in me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Does that make sense? <clears throat> so, this is the difference between works and grace. <clears throat> Grace, the promise God desires for for um, for us to be recipients of grace. In in other words, it's things that we have not earned, right? Um, think about salvation. Did you earn your salvation? Did you did you work hard enough for it? Did you put in the extra hours for your salvation? <laughs> No, none of us. 
We are in debt. and There's nothing that we could have done to pay it off. There's nothing that we could have done to pay off <coughs> the debt that we had before God. So it's not by works. <clears throat> it's not by trying harder. It says, uh, verse 14, For if those who depend on the law are heirs, faith means nothing and the promise is worthless. <clears throat> Excuse me. So think of it this way. If, you know, let's say you want a car. And a boss hires you and says, hey, look. This car that you want costs $3,000, $4,000. I'll hire you, right? And I'll pay you. You'll sign a contract or whatever. You work for me X amount of time. And you'll earn wages that equate to $4,000. You put in the work, I'll give it to you. Here it's on contract. Tangible paper. Signed. Uh, guaranteeing that uh, if you work this, this, you know, if you agree to these terms and conditions, you work this, you get that. God is saying, no, look, I'm not signing no contract. And you're not signing no contract. I'm going to give this to you for free. But do you believe me? And the strings that are attached the, the only strings that are attached is that you have faith in God and not in yourself, not in your ability. And that's the difficult part for people <clears throat> because they want something so bad. And because their faith isn't great enough, they their faith is in the, ends up becoming shaken and they feel like, no, I don't know if God's going to do it. I feel idle. I feel like I'm not doing enough. I feel like I'm not working hard enough. And so I, now I'm doubting if God is actually going to bring this thing. Because after all, there must, hold on, after all, there has to be something that I can do. Do you see? Where God wants to bring it to us by grace through faith. It's by grace, but it comes through faith. And so as you doubt or if you don't believe, then it won't come through because it comes through faith. Amen. <clears throat> and this is why a lot of people don't pray is because they don't believe that it's going to come through faith because it's only those who have faith that pray. Right? When a problem comes and arises, what's the first thing people do? They 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 start formula uh, you know formulating um uh uh their own plans or their own calculations, their own deal, their own everything. And the last person they uh, resort to is God. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right? But look, verse 16. Therefore the promise comes by faith so that it might be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. So, you know, the interesting thing is, <clears throat> it says in Hebrews 
to make the you know the word of his promise of greater surety since he could swear by no greater the lord swore by himself with an oath that he would bless abraham right oh come on so y'all ain't talking to me i think a lot of you are are, are doing things by works is that is that why <laughs> Amen. Amen. I don't like this. I like doing things my own way. I like works. Well, go ahead, work. <laughs> and what I'm not, I'm not advocating for laziness. That's not what this is. Because <clears throat> you're going to have to work for even the promises of God, but the work that you provide are work by the Spirit. Because prayer itself is the work. Jesus wasn't praying all night for no reason. He wasn't storming the throne for no reason. Epaphras in Colossians chapter 4 verse 12 wasn't wrestling and agonizing in prayer for no reason. <clears throat> right? But but the way but see the thing is because there's a conflict in the heavenlies. There's a conflict. Demons are trying to thwart the purposes of God. People are trying to hinder the purposes of God. And sometimes your own heart hinders the purposes of God. So prayer brings your heart into alignment to the will of God. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Um. <clears throat> says, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He's our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. So God calls things into being that were not. <clears throat> Those job, That job of yours that was not. The career of yours that was not the marriage of the, the marriage that is not. Amen. Oh, but no, I believe the devil. I I believe the devil. Right, this is not going to happen. <clears throat> First Satan, chapter two, verse First cunning serpent, chapter 2, verse 3. I, I believe that verse, right? The devil said. <laughs> you know how ridiculous it sounds when we put it into verbiage like that? He's the father of lies. There's no truth in him. And he wants to keep wearing your mind down. Telling you everything that will not happen and says it will happen. <clears throat> and then everything that God says will happen, the devil says, that oh, that's not going to happen. You know, the longer you live in the Lord, the less faith you have in that wicked devil. Because I can tell you everything the devil lied to me about and he said it was going to happen never happened. Never. <clears throat> um, 
So, <clears throat> the Lord is in this business of calling things into existence that are not. <clears throat> and look at what it says in verse 18. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed. So, sometimes the church thinks that we're insensitive when we're telling them things God has said. And it looks like everything in their life is not reflective of that. Well, welcome to the club. Because if, if you're the seed of Abraham, Abraham himself hoped against all hope. In other words, there was nothing in his situation that would have elicited confidence that some that what he believed God for would happen. You ever have those days or those seasons where everything fails? Everything that could fail, fails. Right? And, and sometimes it's the devil. Uh, uh, but other times, you know what it is? It's God setting us up for a miracle. And I know that sounds cliche, maybe because you heard it, you know, from some charismatic that got on top of the pulpit and said, God's going to get you a miracle. <laughs> But if we, but seriously, a lot of the times like that are setups by the Lord that facilitates a miracle from Him. Amen. 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 <clears throat> Amen. Because you know, you know, people that work for things. I understand that there's a sense of pride that they have. Like I worked hard for this, but you know, there's also a sense of bitterness. It had taken so much for me to for to get this, and I I I I you know bust my butt off for this or whatever, right? People, and then you know here's the other thing about that: it leads to control, because if by the sweat of your brow you obtain something, by the sweat of your brow you try to retain it, but when instead of working harder. We begin to trust the Lord, say, God, you give and you take away. I believe you. When it comes, it results in joy. I don't get joy. I don't get joyous for, for receiving a check that I worked for. I earned it. I get joyful when I get things as a gift. I'm like, wow, thank you. This is amazing. This is awesome. Right? So God wants us to glory in Him and His giving disposition, His gracious heart. That from, from grace to grace, it is all from Him. And it also leads us in a position to we're not afraid if, if, if that thing is taken away because the same God that gave it is the same God that, that can reproduce that can give again, and there's no exhaustion in his infinite economy. Does that make sense? <clears throat> Amen. So, so the the point is, you know, that's that's why you know people that work so hard for things, they're afraid of losing things. Because they've poured themselves into it. 
But if instead I rely upon a God that is never exhausted, who is infinite, <clears throat> I, I don't fear because I know that out of nothing, God can make something. So that even if this is diminished or if I lose something, God can just replenish, replenish it. Does that make then, sense? If, if your father is Donald Trump and someone took your laptop, someone stole something from you, someone even stole a car, is that is it that big of a deal? No. Because you have a billionaire as a father. <laughs> <clears throat> but you know, some sometimes people think that they have a that that the God whom they serve that is their father is somehow broke. Amen, somebody. Amen. <clears throat> so it says, against all hope, Abraham and hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it has been said to them, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he's, he faced... The fact. So, you know, in order for you to believe, you have to face facts. <clears throat> what was the fact? That his body was good as dead. So, you know, the faith that we're advocating for isn't a faith that is, is ignorant to facts. Does that make sense? So he, he registered that fact and said, yep, my body is good as dead. But I have a promise from God. <clears throat> I have a promise from the Lord. What, what, what promise from God do you have? Oh, I don't know, Pastor, I don't pray. I don't I don't get into my word. I'm not Come on somebody. You 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 it, you have to figure out for yourself what that word is for your life. You can't just assume, you can't just presume on uh, you know on on good feelings or wishing on the star. Right? Like that old song wishing on the star. We don't we don't wish on stars. Amen. <clears throat> right? You know, you know what I realized a lot of the songs that I used to like back in the day, just how paganistic it is. You know that song um um what what is it? And I swear by the moon and the stars and the like even R and B songs that you would think like they're integrating paganism in it. It's crazy. Not all of them, but there's there's some that do. Swearing by the moon and the star. Yeah. Boys the men. <clears throat> Boys the warlocks. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but, but yeah, man, it, it kind of pains me to see such beautiful, amazing gifts they had. And just not use it for the Lord. It sucks. Um. <clears throat> You know, let let this be an uh, uh, admonition for the church. I'm tired of seeing cheesy things done. 
And I know both in the world and in the church, cheesy things are done, right? Some people, but, you know, we as the as believers should do things with quality. I don't like seeing cheesy Christian movies. I, I mean, I don't really care for movies at all. But anything, I, I think that just because our heart is pure and wanting to do something for God, See, we should do everything with excellence. So what that means is we need to know our own lane. If we haven't been called to do something, then don't do it. And if you have been called to do something, invest your all into it and obtain excellence. And there's nothing wrong than outperforming the world. Amen. Amen. Right? I remember, I think it was one of the old reformers in the 1600s that said uh, that he... Uh, purposed to make the watches, you know, I think he was a Swiss reformer. So, you know, as I'm sure you know, a lot of uh, really good watches are from Switzerland. And uh, he says, I purpose to make this as precise as possible unto the glory of God. Um, you know, and so, you know, we, we, we need to do uh, things uh, exceptionally well and excellent, right? <clears throat> you know, so, um, you know, look at Daniel when he served in the Babylonian Empire. And it says that he was well-versed in all the language of the Chaldeans and their literature. And it says that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were found to be seven times better than all the astrologers, soothsayers, and enchanters. Amen. Right? Seven times better. But look it. He relied not upon the king's of uh, 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 food, but he relied upon his God. He was devoted to the Lord. Right. So... <clears throat> We'll be coming to a close here shortly. So Abraham faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. What's as good as dead in your life? And are we believing, and if we have a promise from God, are we believing that that life would be given to it? It might be, your own, it might be your own heart. It might be a, 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 a marriage. It might be <coughs> um, your destiny. You know, you may have backslid and feel like, man, my destiny in God is gone. There's no way that God can restore me or the situation, my life. Right? But he, he, he gives life to the things that are dead. Amen. <clears throat> it says... Uh, verse 19, without weakening in his face, he, uh, faith, he faced the fact that his body was good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. So there's trouble upon trouble. His body is good as dead and so is Sarah's womb. <laughs> Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. See, it's situations like this that gives glory to the Lord. Because God is like, who did it? <laughs> who did it? Amen. Amen. 
not us. What did the psalmist say? Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us be the glory, but unto thee. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And, and what is every other religion saying? You know, they, they tell you, look into yourself. Or, or, you know, do a certain amount of works. Right? Even though they claim faith in God, a man ends up becoming the savior of himself. They're saying that man is the way, the truth, and the life. No, Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. <clears throat> Being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. Do we have faith that God is able and he that he has power to perform what he has promised? Let's go to Jeremiah chapter 32. Jeremiah chapter 32. Verse 17. <clears throat> ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth. So when you're in doubt if God has power, you know what the psalmist did, what the prophets did when they wanted to recollect the power of God? They said, God who made the heavens and the earth. So what do Amen. you mean God can't supply your $500 bill? He who made the heavens and the earth, right? shall neither slumber nor sleep. Is that right? As the philosophers say, he made it ex nihilo. Out of nothing, something. Amen. See, every, everything that man does is from raw material, but it's with pre-existing matter that they, that, that they build from and work off of. But God built something. He, he called something into being from nothing. Amen. Amen. In a time that there was nothing but himself, because he always was, is, and will be. A Amen. million years, eternity, you know, a million years past God was. Well, who, who was before God or what was before God and how did God come into being? He was. He is himself existence. He is, uh, um, he has what the philosophers call divine aseity. He has uh, um, ontological necessity. He must exist. Amen. <clears throat> but it says, Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing. Amen. Oh, God, I don't know if this is going to happen. I, I think, I think this right here is a bit too hard for you. No, the Bible says, Jeremiah emphatically and explicitly declared nothing is too hard for you. So everything that is in your life right now that you feel is hard, you plug that in and say, that's not too hard for him. This isn't too hard for him. That's not too hard for him. 
And if you're in doubt, remember this vast, uh, uh, <coughs> not only the earth, but the cosmos that, you know, that even modern cosmologists understand are expanding and there are incalculable amount of stars. God made it all. In the beginning, God said, you know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This is what the scripture says, right? It says, verse 18, but you show love to thousands, but bring the punishment for the parents' sins into the laps of their children after them. Great and mighty God, whose name is the Lord Almighty, great are your purposes and mighty are your deeds. And then he begins to recollect in verse 20, you perform signs and wonders in Egypt and have continued them to this day in Israel and among all mankind and have gained the renown that is still yours. You have brought your people Israel out of Egypt with signs and wonders by a mighty hand and an outstretched arm with great terror. You gave them this land. You had sworn to give their ancestors a land flowing with milk and honey. They came in and took possession of it, but they did not obey you or follow your law. We stop there. But, you know, we see this reoccurring, even in the, the Psalms especially, um, when they were in doubt, they would recall to mind the wondrous deeds of the Lord. You know, and that's, that's what we have to do. We have to muse upon all that God has done for us thus far. Not Amen. only what God performed to the saints of old and the patriarchs and 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 uh, the the you know and all of them, but as well as what God has done for us maybe last year or two years ago. So when we're in doubt if God is going to do X, Y, and Z for us in the future, bring back to remembrance, muse upon all the goodness of the Lord, like David says, when I think of the goodness and all that is done for me. Hallelujah. <clears throat> when I think of the goodness and what he's done for me, when I think about Jesus and how he set me free, I can dance, 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 dance all night. <laughs> oh man. There there's uh there's joy, amen. <clears throat> This is what this is what I love about the Holy Ghost is as when the Holy Ghost comes upon you church don't look like a morgue. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. No, you got some old crusty people that 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 you know barely, they're not even they're not even thriving, they're surviving. They're just existing. They're existing Christians. They're not thriving, they're just surviving. And they're they're so they're so uh, uh, dry, and ha have no spiritual water to quench their thirst, or or you know to there's a spiritual drought in their life, and they have no joy. The Bible says in the his, in His presence there is fullness of joy. Jesus says heretofore you have asked nothing in my name. He says ask that your joy may be full. Hallelujah. But nobody, you know, not nobody, but nobody in a, in a, in a, those dry uh, uh, fellowships can testify to the fullness of joy. 
You know, and I've said this before, you know, I get that there are slow songs and intimate songs and stuff like that, and I love them, don't get me wrong. But, you know, sometimes I begin to suspect that we're just a bunch of depressed Christians, and so we always sing slow stuff because we don't got no joy of the Holy Ghost. I'm not going to get slow songs. But I'm just saying, I, sometimes I suspect in some circles we're just depressed, and we're like Eeyore, and we're moping around, so all we do is sing slow stuff. Oh, God. <laughs> and, and, like, the tempo is, like, slow. Like, really slow. Right? It's it's like, um, anyways. But, you know, we, we need some, some tempo. We need some beat. Right? You guys ever hear that song by Reverend James Moore? Jeremiah said it was like fire. Jeremiah said it was like fire. Shut up in my bones. Shut up in my bones. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Bones, bones, bones. God don't need no matches. He's fire by himself. God don't need no matches. He's fire by himself. God don't need no matches. Amen. I mean, you need some matches because some of us, we don't, we don't got the fire like that. You need matches. God don't need no matches. Hey. Mm. <laughs> Hallelujah. God don't need no matches. Amen. You know, and that, that should be indicative and characteristic of our prayer life. Right? Is that we continue to pray and pray and pray until the fire of God begins to descend upon the altar of our hearts and the joy <coughs> begins to fill us to the uttermost. And we are so satisfied in the Lord because his presence is moving in our lives and moving in our hearts. Amen. Amen. I get that there are seasons where we have to press through, but there... there Prayer shouldn't be this thing that every time you go, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. I can't pray. No, you pray until something happens, right? You push like the acronym, pray until something happens, right? And what that happened is, is that God comes through. And, you, you know, I was just praying uh, the other night and I just began to think about this. I just, I was musing upon this. It was just amazing. You know, it just hit me. Because I feel the presence of the Lord and everything. But when I began to think about it at this level, I was like, whoa, that's deep. When the Holy Ghost, <coughs> the presence of the Lord began to manifest. And I was just thinking, wow, the to think about the, the fact that the atmosphere changes because someone else has come in the room. Amen. Another person has come in the room literally and that's why the atmosphere changes to a atmosphere of glory because the king has come to commune with me amen hallelujah amen amen you know those satanists you know if you listen to the testimony of uh um John Ramirez, and how he would prepare prepare these sacrifices, and he says, you know, and then you know he said the atmosphere would begin to change, and the devil would come in the room. Amen. 
He's meeting with a person, a spirit. And and those are spiritual encounters that result in a significant change in reality. And you have all these cessationists that love to mock at this stuff. I was just telling one recently on Facebook, you know, humble yourself. Stop thinking that you know more when you haven't encountered or experienced anything in the slightest as touching the spiritual realm. You don't think curses work? You don't think enchantments work? You're utterly blind. And and, and, and it, it, it makes me upset because there are so many people that fall headlong into this analytical, westernized, philosophical Christianity that is devoid of experience. All it is is argumentation, propositions, and thought. But let me ask you this question. Where do thoughts come from? They come from spirits. Every thought that can ever be thought of is derived from a spirit. Either your spirit, the Holy Spirit, or demon spirits. So who taught you to think in these analytical in this analytical worldview, right? I remember C.S. Lewis said, the devil's objective is to get us either not to believe in demons or to become so afraid that we think everything is a demon. (laughs) I think he's right about that. And even if we claim to believe in demons on paper, we really don't believe in them. Why? Because... Because there's no room in practice for our engagement to demons. Just follow me for a minute. For the pastors that say that they believe in demons, my question to them simply is, how many have you cast out? And the cessationist answer is zero. You don't believe in demons. You're just an unbelieving believer. You're a Christian atheist. Because belief is demonstrated by action. And so how many curses have you broken off of the lives of the people? Oh, zero. So please don't lecture me about curses and demons. Right? And I'm not saying I'm the end all be all. I'm the only voice in this. I'm just saying if you're going to speak on demons and say that, you know, this stuff don't exist, curses don't work, and you've never dealt with people that, then don't, don't lecture. Right? Amen, somebody. And so the reason why this is important, because there's a lot of people in the body of Christ that have generational curses or may have been. I just recently was speaking to a man of God and there was someone that that purchased for them an item that was a cursed item because it was witchcraft was performed on it as a token. And so, you know. You know, especially within the Latin communities and African communities, I don't mean like urban areas, but I mean like Africa, that they perform these, you know, (coughs) witchcraft. They know this stuff works. You know, you you can go to a, 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 
a witch and she, you know, she can summon demons and then become an oracle for the demons. And tell you a lot of stuff about your life and, and all that stuff, right? So, <clears throat> I don't know where how I got there, but... Um, oh, so when, when I was praying... Alright, so yeah, alright, Janelli knows, right, um, it's, uh, the spirit realm is real, so, but anyways, when I was communing with the Lord, the atmosphere changed, and I just began to think upon it, uh, at the, uh, about it at that level, just to think, wow, another person came in this room. A personality, a spirit, namely the Holy Spirit. That's amazing. Amen. And it's not a figment of my imagination. It's not a figment of our imagination. You know, You ever, you ever like, for example, you're, you're preoccupied with something. You're maybe you're reading a book, maybe you're on your laptop and your mind isn't even on anything spiritual. And then you feel a presence come like (coughs) right behind, (coughs) right behind you. You feel like a block, like, like just like uh, how, how it would feel if a person was standing right behind you. Well, it's a demon. Um, you know, and sometimes it might manifest with, you know, you'll feel a, a, a spirit of terror in the room or, or stuff like that, but not always, but you know, the word penuma is the word spirit, wind or breath. The Bible describes the devil as the prince of the power of the air. He moves through, you know, the air. As a spirit. Can you feel wind? Yes, you can. So that's why when demons come, you can feel them. Because it's it's a spirit that inhabits the air. Does that make sense? Amen. <clears throat> that's why in... Let me show you this verse real quick. I don't know where it is at my heart. I know it's in Job. It's Job chapter 4 verse chapter 4 verse 15 let's uh let's begin at verse 12 i'm sorry uh verse 12 chapter 4 a word was secretly brought to me my ears caught a whisper of it amid disquieting dreams in the night 
When deep sleep falls on people, fear and trembling seized me and made all my bones shake. A spirit glided past my face and the hair on my body stood on end. So his encounter is resulting in the alteration of his physical body. His body is responding to a spirit that he knows is present. And what was the result? The hairs on this body stood up. Amen. So, you know, I remember one time me and uh, one of my brothers in the Lord, we were doing this evangelistic event and we were setting up sound equipment and everything. And I didn't know it at the time. I, I didn't find out until I think maybe in the middle of the event or, or, or afterward that the neighbor was a witch <coughs> and um, they did like heavy witchcraft there. But when we were setting up, no lie, um, <coughs> the music was playing and his speakers were good speakers. They were fully operative and functional. And it was playing for a while. And then, uh, you know, him and I came near this, uh, near uh, each other. And then we felt like, like, like the sound of the speaker, then uh, what we heard is what you, what, what you can imagine you would hear if someone stood right in front of the speaker. So the speaker was still playing and it wasn't, and I get that maybe someone suspects. No, it was just a it was a malfunction in the speaker. But when we looked at each other, we both knew, like without saying any words, like, oh man, this is a demon. Yeah, it's but it didn't sound like an internal muffling. Like, so let's say this is the speaker right here. And if you come right here in this section, you can hear the speaker very well. But right here is is something external to the speaker and if if you're beyond this point you hear the muffling but if you're before this point you don't so it it was almost as if someone stood right in front of the speaker and you heard the muffling and then we felt an evil presence but without us saying it we looked at each other in the eyes like this is a demon we we know that a demon is here on on ground so um I hope that makes sense. <clears throat> but but on a positive positive note in closing <coughs> we can go before the Lord And his presence is what changes the atmosphere. Amen. And not only changes our, the atmosphere, but changes us. Amen. <clears throat> like the song that uh, I was playing. Into your arms I'm drawing near again. To dwell with you is my only heart's desire. Draw me close. It talks about being purified by fire, right? <clears throat> I remember when I first got saved. 
Um, I mean, I had some of the most amazing encounters on that mountain. Um, the presence of God was so heavy that I would begin to literally and physically bow, bow, and I would hold myself like this and just scream and groan and groan and groan and speak in tongues and cry. And the entire place, even though, you know, we're up in the mountains, there's such a cool breeze. We open up the doors of the sanctuary because it was so thick and hot in that sanctuary that we were all sweating in the presence of the Lord. Some of us on the ground just prostrate. Musicians cannot play anymore because of the strength and the thickness of the presence of God. You know, and you know the funny thing was that <clears throat> that camp was owned by Baptists. And we were supposed to be out at a certain time. And the owners of that camp, because they don't believe in tongues and all that. Or some Baptists, to be fair, I don't, I can't say that for every Baptist, but I know these ones particularly did it. And uh, we were supposed to be out at like, I don't know, I think 10 or something like that. And so it's like 11 or past and the all the youth are still worshiping God, speaking in tongues and worshiping God. And the music is not even playing any longer. Because even all the musicians are slain by the presence of the Lord. And the Baptists come in and they're like, we were going to tell you to shut it down, but it's obvious God is here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. They're like, take as long as the Lord leads. So we got out like maybe midnight. And my tongue and my throat was hurting for, you know, sore. And my shoulders sore for lifting them for hours and speaking in tongues for so long. And this was the first year I got saved. And I, <laughs> I was like, wow, this is amazing. Amen. Right? <clears throat> Hallelujah. If the glory of the covenant, of the old covenant that shone upon Moses... <clears throat> that he had to put a veil over his face lest the Israelites look steadfastly at his face, of which that glory was fading, Paul says, how much more glorious is the covenant that brings life? Hallelujah. But when we don't get into the presence of God, all this language is so foreign to us. It's not theatrics. It's not working us, ourselves up into a frenzy. It's having an amazing encounter with the living God in an experiential, experimental way. Does that make sense? Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Hallelujah. Get to know God. You may be saved and you know God enough for salvation, but you don't know enough. You don't know God enough for encounters. Amen. You need encounter upon encounter and upon encounter. And that's the problem with us. We just try to think propositionally about God. 
Where's the verse at for this in my life? No. I'm not saying don't use the scriptures. But, you you know, look at the Old Testament. The patriarchs did not move in a new direction until they had encounters with God. And then they would thereby erect an altar, sacrifice unto the Lord as a monument. Amen. Right? They would put, we, they, they, to put them in remembrance that it was at this time, in this location, that God did a particular thing for me. That I encountered God. What, what did the old patriarch said? You know, when he slept, he says, uh, God is in this place and I knew it not. And the amazing thing about that is that that patriarch was the descendant of Abraham, the same Abraham of whom had erected an altar there generations prior. And so on the strength of the altar that Abraham erected, Jacob was able to tap into that realm even without his participation. He was just sleeping. He's like, man, God is in this place and I don't even know it. <clears throat> this is why it's so imperative to make those generational prayers. It's the, the our seed will stand on the strength of the altars that we have attended to. And break those demonic altars. Break every evil altar. Break every Jezebelic altar. And, and all those foundations that... You know, that uh, the, the forefathers that have gone before us have laid, not for Christ, but for the devil. And see, some of us are wondering, why do I struggle so much? Why is it so much? Why, why is it so hard to be a Christian? Because you're fighting against all those altars and all those foundations that you inherited. Amen. Why, you, you know, so Amen. You, you have to destroy that. You know, you know was in Judges. Before, before Gideon can step into the promise of God and bring deliverance, you know, and do mighty exploits for the Lord, he had to first go to his father, right, and destroy his altars. Amen. But God appeared to him already. Say, I want to do X, Y, and Z, but in order for you to go forward, you have to destroy those foundations. Amen. <clears throat> <clears throat> so, Father, right now we just pray, God, <clears throat> deliver us, O Lord, from all ungodly foundations. We renounce and we denounce all wicked foundations, all wicked altars, Lord. <clears throat> Everything that follows our bloodline, O Lord. Everything, O oh Lord, that will, will hinder your will, God, may it be destroyed. May the fire of God come upon it and bring it to demolition, bring it to destruction. May the fire of the Lord come upon all that fights against your will, opposes your will. In Jesus' name, may the anointing break the yoke. May your anointing right now and all those under the sound of my voice be delivered from what they inherited from their forefathers. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, <clears throat> hallelujah.
Rabababario Robocosa. Rebebebesia Rabaka Rabacasa. Rabacario Robocosata Rabababasa. Hallelujah. Rebebeberio Robocosa. Rebebebesia Rabababasa. All temperamental depression, the depression that we've inherited from our mother or our father, <clears throat> the, the defeatist mindset that we've inherited, the poverty mindset that we've inherited, may it be broken. Every familiar spirit in Jesus' name would, would lose its grip and we would be delivered that we may fear, serve the Lord in fear and reverence all our days being delivered from the hands of our enemies. Hallelujah. Deliver us, O Lord. Deliver us, O Lord. Set us free, O God, in Jesus' name. <clears throat> Hallelujah. I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, we place a demand on heaven. We place a demand on heaven. Set us free, Lord. Set us free, God. Set us free, Lord. In Jesus' name. Every word curse. Hallelujah. Every setback. Every snare. In Jesus' name. <coughs> Hallelujah. Come, O Lord. <clears throat> Come, O Lord. Come, O Lord. Send your fire. Send your fire. Send your fire, Lord. Come on, church, pray. Say, send your fire, O Lord. Send your presence. Come, O Lord. May the deliverer come out of Zion and, and defeat our enemies. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes. There are shouts of deliverance. There are songs of deliverance and hope. Hallelujah. Like David said, he says he surrounds me with songs of deliverance. May we sing a new song unto the Lord. Not a song of defeat, but a song of victory. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Give us a new song, Lord. A new shout, Lord. Hallelujah. A new victory, O oh God. <sighs> hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Glory. Glory, hallelujah. Rebebesia rabababasa. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Thank you for your presence. Come on, church, pray. Move your lips. Don't be lazy in the spirit. If you don't pray, you'll stay. You'll stay in that situation. Hallelujah. You'll stay stuck. If you don't pray, you'll stay. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Revive us, Lord. Bring revival. Bring revival, Lord. Like the psalmist cried, Revive us, O Lord, that we may call on your name. 
Hallelujah. Some of you can't call on the name of the Lord because you have not been revived. But make your prayer the psalmist prayer and say, Lord, revive us so that we may call on your name. You need to pray in order to pray. I can't pray, Lord, so my prayer is help me to pray. And the Bible says in Romans 8 that the Spirit himself uh, 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 helps us to pray as we are. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Bring peace. Bring peace. Bring peace, Lord. Bring rest. <clears throat> you are my peace. You are my peace. Thank you, Lord. Let's sing this song. I'm sure that we know it. Surround me, O Lord. Surround me, O Lord. Surround me, O Lord. And let your presence fill this place. And let your presence fill this place. One more time. And let your presence fill this place. Oh, glory to God. I feel the presence of the Lord. The Spirit of God is moving. Amen. He wants all of your heart. He loves you, saints. I can say this. I don't say this in the cheesy, sloppy way. And all these street preachers say to every wicked and ungodly person, but I say this by the strength of Scripture and the authority of Scripture, and as a minister of the Lord, the Lord loves you and He delights in you. He delights in you. And He is manifesting that by virtue of His presence amongst us right now. He delights in His people. Glory to God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> he loves you. Amen. You are his prized possession. Prized possession. <clears throat> the Bible says he will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. As we sing to the Lord and we rejoice in him, do you understand that the Lord also sings and rejoices in us? Come up here, come up now, my beloved. The Spirit of God is saying, my beloved, come up here, come up now. Ha, my beloved, my beloved, I want to fly, oh Lord, like an eagle in the sky. Yes, Lord. I want to fly, oh Lord, in the doorway in the sky. Yes, Lord. Come on, church, sing. Come up here. Come up now. (laughs) My beloved. Yes, Lord. My beloved. 
beloved, the Spirit of God is saying to you, Come up, my beloved. Come up here. Come up now. My beloved. He wants you to fly like an eagle. He wants you to ascend to the high places. He wants you to ascend in the Spirit in high places. Hallelujah. To ascend in His love. To ascend in His love. To ascend in the sanctuary of the living God. Where we're hidden from the snares of the enemy. And he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High. Will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. But it's the shelter of the Most High. So you must come up high. Because the Spirit and, and the Spirit is saying come up my beloved. Come up my bride. Hallelujah. Glory to the living God. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. <clears throat> the Spirit of the Lord is speaking. He, he's wanting us to, to, to leave the natural plane where, where, where all you can see is what the natural eye can, can uh, uh, give you perception to. He wants us to have aerial view like an eagle to come up high. Hallelujah. Not unto the ungodly high places. But to the only high place, which is Jesus Christ, who is highly and exalted above every name that can be named in this age. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Like David says, I will bless the Lord at all times and his praise shall continually be in my mouth. I will enter into Amen. his gates with thanksgiving Amen. and his courts with praise and to be thankful unto him and to bless his name. To bless his name for he is good and his mercy endures forever. To bless his name for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the fire. Thank you for the reviving. Thank you for the rejuvenation. Thank you, Lord, for revitalizing our hearts. <clears throat> May we abide continually in the cleft and our refuge, which is Christ. Amen. Thank you, Lord. A strong tower in our darkest hour, our bridge Amen. over troubled waters. <coughs> Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. <clears throat>